0: Welcome back to Sit Down Startup Podcast, I'm Pedro.
1: And I'm Tara. Thanks for listening in and subscribing to our podcast. We promise to keep bringing you stories of fascinating startups navigating the changing tides of 2020. You'll see that our guests continue to drive growth and innovation while putting customer experience at the heart of their success. And that only helps as startups build for a new future.
0: From one home office to another, Zendesk leaders chat with founders, CEOs, and makers on their startup journey. On this podcast, you'll learn how to start up from leaders of fast-growing companies across the globe.
1: Our next guest is Magnus Peterson, COO at Mindler. Mindler is a startup founded in Sweden. Their solution connects individuals with more than 150 licensed psychologists. Mindler's vision is to break most of the barriers that patients face when looking for mental health care. This startup has been helping people before the pandemic, but has become even more critical now. It seems the world is focusing on the importance of mental health care these days.
0: To chat with Magnus, we invited Warren Leviton, SVP of Platform at Zendesk. Warren is a serial entrepreneur, passionate about building startups. He has two decades of experience, and on his last venture, he founded his mood. Zendesk latest acquisition that today powers our social messaging product. Are you ready? Let's sit down and start up.
2: Magnus, it's uh, amazing to have you here. Looking forward to our conversation today. And, you know, to kick things off, in an ideal world, I think we'd be sitting at the terrace of a cafe in either Stockholm or Montreal somewhere, uh, as opposed to doing this remotely. Um, you know, probably imagine ourselves at some great cafe and to set our tone here. You know, what's what's your favorite drink? What would you be drinking if we were out there uh, having a conversation?
3: Oh, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, I love coffee. I mean, Sweden Swedes are. I think the, among the coffee drinkers in the world, we're, we're on the top when it comes to coffee drinking by Capita. Um, so I love coffee. Uh, I don't want to ruin it, though. So I, I preferably, I, I do black coffee most of the time. You know, Americano, espresso, double espresso, etc. Um, that, that's my favorite. How about you?
2: Oh, well, I think we're in the, in the same boat there. I'm an Americano man. Uh, you know, if it's got to be really fast, I guess you go for the espresso shot. But I like to make it last, um, but really enjoy that pure black coffee. So, same. We're on the same page there. Ah, great. So, I, I'm so incredibly interested in Mindler's story. I think you know most of the people listening today are going to obviously relate to remote psychological help services in light of living through a global pandemic, right? But Mindler was founded well before COVID, so maybe you could tell us a little bit about the inspiration, the founding story of Mindler, like, and, and that foresight. Um, to make psychological help available to whoever whoever needs it, wherever they are.
3: Yeah, now definitely. I mean, it, it was founded by pure uh, beliefs in that you know we need to make it more accessible. I mean, it was founded by by two psychologists and a medical doctor, a GP. And and you know in Sweden, even if we have a high a, a good healthcare system, accessibility to psychological help wasn't really good enough i mean depending on where you live of course you need the waiting time could be long to, before you could get help and for for someone not feeling well within you know psycholo- psychologically um even days could be too much so um, you could you could literally get the same treatment now by meeting digitally and i must also say ah that you know even better treatment with t- today's technology um, so they felt the urge to get started. Um, and of course we, we do have some, some other digital players within the medical field that like doctor wise, but we, we believe that, you know, you can get the same treatment meeting face to face versus digitally.
2: And so how does that accessibility, um, relate? sort of when you're doing it digitally versus in person, what are some of the big changes? Is it, um, you know, time to get into an appointment? Is it just about less travel time? What are those different variables that change?
3: Yeah, so th- there are many ones that basically, I mean, Sweden is a big country, uh, a large in terms of area and, and, and not populated, uh, that dense uh, in, in the northern part, so to say. So, if, for instance, if you live in the northern part of Sweden, I mean, the, the closest uh, medical doctor center could be, you know, many kilometers away right so getting to that medical center to get treatment well basically you get there and you realize that okay yeah there's a psychologist i can get help from however that psychologist is here once a month and the queue for that one is kept a couple of months you need to wait you need to travel by by uh, you know uh, making it accessible online and you know can, you can book appointment you can select a psychologist that, that fits your need and has the specialties and, and, and you know the treatment the uh, um, capacity that you, you're looking for I mean you, you, you basically get to choose uh, who you feel that you can trust uh, and you get to try it and we we promise that you can get a, a booked appointment within 24 hours and so far we've, we've managed to keep that um, which is which is great
2: within 24 hours sounds. Massively impactful for psychological service and care. I mean, that's a game changer.
3: And not only that, you know, even if you would be able to travel, and there are many cases that we treat people that they don't even they are not capable of leaving their home. You know, they have social phobia. So you know, then you don't really need need, or you you can access it from your couch, um, or if you work somewhere, you know, you don't need to take a day off to go to to see a psychologist. You you can just. You know, tap in on a on a break uh, and meet with psychologists. We have many of those cases.
2: Amazing, and, and and clearly, clearly the company is onto something because you've enabled more than a hundred thousand digital psychological visits um, already in under two years or just over two years. I mean that that's huge to me. Um, and when when you think about that, and you think about some of those keys to success around whether it's you know attracting customers um, to operational scaling. Right. What are what are some of the key elements that you guys look at as uh, what you've done really well, what you what you've learned has been key to your success?
3: Yeah, I mean, that that is some decent numbers. We, we're super happy for that, I, you know, we, without without doubt. And and this is just the beginning. I'm not going to give away too much of our secret recipe, but, but uh, you know, I believe in a, a few things. And, and that is a little bit. I think that we are now, I mean, we're changing the way how you can get help within healthcare. So not just mental health, so to say. Um, And I think each interaction that you have with someone who's not feeling fine is very delicate, right? So our psychologists are, of course, you know, they're professionals within this. But we deal with um, tech solutions and you know, sometimes tech is not really on your, on your side. Um, so then it's, it's crucial to have the best in class customer experience as well for, for the patients and help them out. Um, and given the current situation, we have no problem in attracting patients to come to us, but it requires some more to, to get them to trust you and to carry on getting treated as well. So so there, there's a combination of things. So everything from the, you know, how you meet with them on a customer um, experience, the psychologist and everything. So we, we do, um, we have combined it all. Uh, and, you know, we're quite happy with those 100,000, but we look forward to, to be even further on uh, expanding that and increasing that
2: let's double click on the customer experience point. Um, it's one of the reasons I was so interested in this conversation. You know, I've worked in customer experience for probably around two decades, um, all sorts of industries, but I've never ever even thought about how CX plays a role in psychological treatment. You know, whether it's, you know, pre-treatment, during treatment, post-treatment, because we think about this in CX, right? Before, during, and after all the time. Um, any unique challenges or or elements of customer experience in in this in this space uh, that you've
3: seen yeah I mean as mentioned we, we our patients are not feeling you know the hundred percent at all times uh, one key thing that, that we noticed that it you know as few touch points as possible is key you know you don't want to bother them and ask them about things if things are not working you know you you need to sort it out and help them in in the best possible way so our customer service team that they are they're doing their best uh, and helping out but but i also believe that you know um, we are dealing with people that are not feeling well but they're also in different ages Uh, and you know you, you have to have that mindset as well you know we provide a tech solution um, not everyone is that familiar into tech and so forth. So of course the, the tech solution also plays an important role in how you you know how do you, does the patient journey work? You know how easy it is to book appointments, how easy to cancel the appointments or find someone else to treat you and so forth. So so we've looked at all those different aspects, but when it comes to customer experience, uh, for instance, as few touch points as possible, that's what I tell my team that you know try to help them from the first interaction and and get them satisfied. Um, because they're, you know, they're not feeling fine, uh, and they could be, you know, from from time to time, they kind of be rude. I think you know, uh, many people probably experience that within customer service. But we have that mindset that you know, if no, someone's not feeling fine, they might have a bad day. Well, we will try to help them to get a better day.
2: Whenever I think about customer experience, you know, I generally think about um, how to remove friction, and secondly, always how to have empathy for the customer. And it sounds like in this case of psychological care, like those two attributes are more critical than ever, which is very interesting, right? Like you talk about not bothering, right? Like you've got people who aren't feeling well. You really need to remove maximum friction here in that experience. And then, and then obviously, in the space, empathy, you know, whether it's, you know, rude treatment, um, you have to have real empathy for that because you know uh, that these people are struggling.
3: Definitely. And, and what we, you know, what we try to do as well. I mean, our, when it comes to customer success overall, I mean, patience is one thing, but also, well, we we work with a lot of psychologists and to be to be frank with you, they, they work, uh, they have a flexible arrangement. So they work from their house, they work from their home and you're very flexible and, and they work the hours that it fits them. So of course we don't meet them on a day-by-day basis. And sometimes they are also struggling, right? So, I mean, our, our customers are, are too, it's both the patients and psychologists. They work they're employed by us, they work together with us, but we don't see them on a day-by-day basis. So, so we need to make sure that, that all of them get as, the, as much help as possible, and uh, empathy plays a big, important role, absolutely.
2: Fantastic. Now, when we think about today's environment, specifically about our COVID-19 situation and shelter-in-place um, that went into effect around the world, obviously, you know, we got a lot of places coming out of it, some people going back in, um, but... When you think about how COVID and this pandemic impacted Mindler's business, whether it's new customers, how patients actually use the service, or whether it's managing the supply side, how has the pandemic changed the landscape um, for you from an operational perspective? I mean, it's clear demand must be up, right? But what are some of the challenges you guys faced operationally, if any?
3: I think, you know, yeah, demand is up. I can tell you that uh, definitely. And we're trying to cope up with that demand for sure. So from the supply side, um, I, I think, you know, what has changed is not just within the mental health care, but also within, you know, healthcare care overall that you can get help digitally. I think we, we've experienced and had some misbeliefs in markets that we operate that, you know, can you really get treated through a digital solution through video, is that really, you know, fulfilling? Um, even on the, you know, state level that, you know, they're looking at this as, you know, no, you need to go see someone face to face. We see many markets now where, where things are really changing. I think it's changing for the better. You know, if you make something accessible, as long as you, you still provide the same treatment, um, and this has been a little bit of a controversy in Sweden before uh, and after COVID now things are changing when you all, all all of a sudden realize that you know these digital players doctors or psychological uh, helps uh, that you can get the same help or you can even you know help the the, the physical health care that is now of course you know fully uh, fully packed with with the patients to treat right that you know okay take the easier cases through a digital meeting then and from a psychological point of view if people are not allowed to leave their homes of course that is having uh, you know that, that is putting strains on any family right if you're not used to spend time together and all of a sudden things are changing you you getting out of your routines we have many patients that are are, are coming to us to to for advice and help who has you know more of a you know not related really to the uh, disease? They're afraid of COVID, but you know financially they might be impacted, or their relationships in their family has been ru- you mean um, changed. Uh, so and so in, the, in the terms that you're not used to spend you know, twenty four hours a day for weeks together. Um uh, and, and if you change those routines, I mean that that is having effects on some some people. So um I think that that has changed a lot. Um so yeah, we, we try to keep up with that demand as as good as we can.
2: Yeah, and that's that's a super important reminder that the psychological impact here, you know, it's funny that you said isn't isn't always about a health scare. Um and, and I mean that's so logical. You know most people I know who are quote unquote suffering through this pandemic, it's not because of actual health. It's it's the anxiety related to the risks or it's the anxiety related to your job security. Um, That, that makes complete sense. It's, it's, you know, but on top of it, you might also get those people who are afraid of getting sick or, or who are legitimately in very vulnerable positions who, who should be. In terms of your role, um, so you're COO at Mindler, and I think in sort of the tech industry, and, and you guys are clearly a hybrid of, of, of tech and medicine, um, but, but the COO role can come in so many different shapes and sizes. Um, We'd love to understand how your role uh, is defined, how you partner with the founders and other like, members of the management team to grow the business. Uh, what do you focus on? What are your priorities?
3: My role is is a mixture. Uh, we, we internally sort of a little bit describe it as I'm, I'm the spider in the net, just trying to get everything together, uh, a little bit assisting the, the founders and the and the CEO, of course. Um, so I look at many different things. I mean, uh, one, one being the supply, right? Are we having enough psychologists working for us based on the demand that we're having? You know, so on the demand side, You know, of course, working with the marketing team to see, you know, are we visible enough in the market to help as many people as possible? I mean, that's a key objective for us. We want to be visible. We want to be seen. We want to be uh, the the first go um, option when when someone is looking for for help from a psychologist. You know, so, uh, of course, that is very, very important. I don't do that work myself, but I just make sure that we have that. The supply and demand balance in, in a good good shape and form, but and also I mean it's also about uh, as we are a tech company, you know, making sure that the tech is working. Are we having enough people within tech uh, solving all the bugs and things that we have with our tech solutions, so to say, and also finance, you know, getting the KPIs together and and, and working a, a, as a you know of course because we 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 need to look at that from from time from time to time as well to make sure that we can. You know, stay uh, sustainable um, within that. So, so it, it is a big mixture of the role, you know, spider in the net, uh, and I you know it's a it's a fun fun work though. Uh, really, really fun. I I love it, and the days just fly by. Uh, there, there's a especially now. I mean, I think we've hired so many new psychologists, and currently now the yeah the demand is a little bit bigger than the supply. Uh, obviously, so we're trying, we're doing our best.
2: I mean, I, I, love, I love the analogy of the, of the spider in the net. It's, it creates a, creates a great visual to understand. And, you know, being in a business where you've got to make sure you've got the supply to meet your demand, those are, those are good business problems uh, we all like to solve uh, better, better than not having enough demand, that's for sure. You know, looking forward, uh, any, any big changes coming up for the business uh, that, that create new challenges for you, new
3: priorities for you? well firstly uh, you know covid or or you know post pre covid i think mental health issues are right on the on the rise you know on a global scale um you know and there are many different reasons for that i think you know First off, people are a little bit more informed about what what different signs of mental health issues are um, around the world, not in all markets or countries, etc. But but it is there and, you know, and and the stigma is is reduced a little bit to actually search help. So that's one thing. So, I mean, for us, the, the... top priority at the moment now is to, to try to help as many as possible, you know, and that, I'm ta- not talking just within the markets that we operate, we're, we're looking at new markets um, and and try to scale our operations as much as possible. And, and we feel an urge, you know, now post-COVID or I don't know if, you know, COVID will be with us for, with us for some time, I, I believe. Uh, and, and we face, I, I, we believe that we face a pandemic within the mental health issues. Uh, it's coming our way. Hmm.
2: Yeah, that, that resonates with me. Um, we've, we've seen mental health around the world. I mean, you know, understanding that it exists, talking about it more, uh, just bringing it to the surface, I think has let everybody understand that this is a, a systemic issue we have in
3: society. Definitely, definitely. And I think, you know, time is of, of essence here. Sweden has been a little bit uh, criticized, I guess, for, for not really having a full-on lockdown. I've been quite happy to be able to actually get to the office, to be frank. For us, it's been very important for the full team to be able to meet together. Um, we have kept our social distancing even in the office. But it's been very important to be able to, to cope up with the demand that we're having, to meet face-to-face and and. To carry on the business, so um, it's been challenging, but at the same time very fun, and, and we look forward to to expand further on and and provide the service to to more people.
2: Well, this, this has been a great conversation. I've loved learning about the business, about some of uh, what you're doing and your priorities. You know, as we as we close out here on this uh, quick coffee chat, um, you know, we definitely live in a time. When empathy is more important than ever, you know, whether it's, it's living through the pandemic, whether we see, you know, what started in the U S but manifested itself globally in terms of, you know, racial justice, um, empathy is just, is, is up on everyone's agenda. And so I'd love to, you know, maybe you could share a personal story about some time in your life, career, personal, um, where someone showed you, you know, some unique kindness or empathy. I think it's a great, a great way to close out.
3: Yeah, I've been. I've been living in some different countries, so so uh, well coming up from Sweden, you know. The, the, I, I believe in you know doing good, you get good back. So, but but I've been living in Africa and many other uh, markets as well and countries and so so forth. So, my my personal experience, you know, when I really like, I was so touched by it. Is I was out traveling with a friend in in Asia, like backpacking. Uh, this was during during my university change period, um, with a university in Asia, and so we, we took some time to to travel and during this travel my friend fell sick like literally really sick and i mean when you're out there in the outskirts in uh, we're actually at that point in time we're in the philippines and and quite far Uh, out on a remote uh, small city because i wanted to go surfing i i love that but so my friend joined me and we went there it was very remote location small city my my friend fell sick and you know uh, well obviously you're not from that market you're not from the country so so how do you deal with that and where do you go and and we the the day before we met with a, a really nice guy he actually looked a little bit like barack obama very funny coincidence i would say um a guy that that just took us on his motorbike and and like a taxi service so when my my friend felt sick we had um well this was a bit before the time well we exchanged his the numbers i think you know a little bit post the social media and you didn't have any you know facebook and so forth or maybe that was around at the time but nevertheless i think we had his phone number but we had agreed with him that we would meet the day after because we want to go to the city for you know having a dinner so well my friend being sick i met up with him and i explained to him like oh, my friend is really sick we don't really know what it is she, she, she's not feeling fine and he he really like he took it on him like on a personal level, really to he, he took her to the hospital. he was you know sticking through the whole night with her, helping her out and making sure that she got food so so I, I you know I was super touched by that uh, and still are and uh, we are still in in contact um, each year. Um, you know he sends greetings, I sent greetings, so super nice guy, um, he looks like Barack Obama, so
2: <laughs> I love that I mean kindness from strangers is uh is a great attribute of the world we live in. And so I, I love that story. Thank you for sharing it. Um, and thank you for sharing everything else about yourself and Mindler, it was great to chat.
3: Thank you, and this has been a great chat, even if it was uh, on remote, but you know, we believe in remote, so uh, I think we can That's have right. a good conversation anyway.
0: Thanks for joining our podcast, Magnus. I'm fascinated by mindless bro. Congrats on the very impressive numbers. I'm looking forward to seeing what's next.
1: I also love Magnus's point on how improving CX impacts remote mental health care services. Mindler's dedication to decreasing customer wait times and fixing fragmented experiences with limited resources are not so different from what we see from other B2B and B2C companies. Fixing those common issues provides real value for patients who, as Magnus puts it, are often not doing fine. It's good for the customer and good for Mindler's growth.
0: Magnus didn't want to give away all of their growth secrets, but the one thing you all should take away from this episode is, in a customer experience world, last touch points leads to better customer satisfaction.
1: Not only that, Pedro, as Magnus and most of our guests mentioned throughout the season, empathy is the most crucial skill to have when connecting with your customers or patients, regardless of your industry.
0: Don't miss out our last episode of the season with Maxi Yoder, founder and CEO of Last Only. And if you like our episode, don't forget to rate us and subscribe on your platform of choice. We need you to do this show. Give us a bit of love and hopefully we'll be back with another season soon.
1: And when Pedro and I are not recording this podcast, we are part of Zendesk for startups. If you're a startup, go to www.zendesk.com forward slash startups and sign up to join our program.
0: Qualified companies get six months free of Zendesk software for customer support, sales and customer engagement teams.
1: They also get connected with our exclusive community of leaders and partners who are changing the landscape of customers' experiences. Talk to you next time.
0: Stay hungry.